So with the gravel garden, you mean there's no soil, just gravel or gravel and soil? You can do it in different ways. There's lots of experimentation going on in this domain. You can use it as a, a mulch. So say, for example, if I take my herb gravel rockery, as I call it, I possibly need to rebrand that, but it's just literally what it is. So I grow things like mint, which can be a bit of a thug, a lovely thug in the garden. It can spread. So I grow mint and I grow chives and other flowers and edibles in a area I've built up, which has field stones. So it has stones, it has some soil, which then has the herbs in it, and then it has lots of gravel over the top. So it keeps water in, ultimately. It helps to keep water in. It means I don't need to do anything, and it also means that mint can't take over and spread too much. So it works really well. It's a it's a wildlife haven. There's a lot of research being done at the moment into aggregate, into how you can potentially grow things in the likes of gravel because it will provide a growing medium potentially. So I wondered why I would always find seedlings growing in gravel. I just assumed that somehow they'd tap through the weed membrane, they'd tap through to the soil down below, but they hadn't. But they are getting food from the gravel. So as water falls, the gravel itself and different types of aggregate can actually leach out materials that plants can grow in. And I found strawberry plants growing and being hugely productive just in gravel. So it's really interesting. So I'm experimenting a lot with this as a, a nod to Beth Chateau. It's such a potentially interesting thing for the future as well. This idea of adventuring and trying new things out, different ways of doing things, it makes it fun as well. And some of the best things that I've done have been purely by experimentation, where I have in the garden, because it's a safe space, I've broken the rules and I've just experimented with what's possible. You just don't know. You don't know till you try with gardening. But there is so much hope when you find something miraculous that makes life a lot easier for you. What are rules? Who made the rules? Why do they have to continue for centuries and centuries? I mean, you know, it's everybody's opportunity to try something different, isn't it? And rules are, yeah, hard to abide by. Nature knows exactly. Yeah, all it's just happening in nature. It's letting nature lead the way and letting nature grow on and letting nature afford these solutions just by watching, looking, connecting. It's often really as straightforward as that. Because by trying to control it and growing plants, taking them out, replacing them with others, you're just missing a trick. Just some final words from you, Kim. What action would you most like to see people implement to actually address climate change? Consuming less. Consuming less. I think that we are living in a, in a world where we've associated self-worth with buying things and Gardening, if we take gardening, it's become such an expensive hobby that by repairing a spade, sharpening a pair of secateurs, working with what we have, taking something that's old and turning it into something new, repurposing it, this is reducing our footprint on the planet, making ourselves feel good in the process. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not great with DIY but I can fashion things out of old windows. You can turn them into makeshift cold frames. There's lots of things that you can do that 
reduce your need to keep buying stuff in because we're only one planet. The less that we consume, the more that we can work with materials that have already been produced. It's turning the idea of single-use plastic, for example, on its head if you're using it over and over and over again. So I think that's a big part of the solution. And just also letting the natural world prosper, letting the natural world prosper by working organically, turning your outside space into a carbon sink, not digging, encouraging in the natural world, boosting biodiversity and working, connecting with everything around you. It's also about connecting with, as you said earlier, local gardening groups, neighbours, connecting with people, helping, sharing plants, little acts of kindness, giving back. It will make you feel good in the process and it is a huge part of the solution for the future because we are all in this together, the natural world, our neighbours, our communities, and we need to bond together to cope with, with what's happening for the future. Well, the fact that you're in West Wales and I'm in Byron Bay and we have exactly the same issues going on just goes to show that we are all in this together, aren't we? Uh, Kim, thank you so much for your time. Can you just let people know where they can access your book? Because uh, when I looked online today as well, there's a, a little section where you can actually sort of open the book and have a little read through a few of the pages and some of the contents of there. So where can people find out more? Oh, that's my pleasure. Thank you. Sally and I have a website, the Climate Change Garden. There's also information on greenrocketcourses.com and there's links from that. So I'm also on social media. I'm on Instagram, Kim underscore Stoddart. I'm on Twitter at Badly Behaved One and there's lots of links off each of those websites to provide more information. Sally and I are really happy with the book. It's for sale on Amazon. We want to provide an upbeat guide that helps people forward for the future. And I hope that we do hear this from people, that it provides solutions. And we just want people to know that it will be okay. And there are opportunities here within as well. There are opportunities. By gardening in this way that we outline, it's a much more enjoyable process than the way that we've become accustomed to gardening traditionally in the years previously, which is a lot about work generation. And I know I keep saying the natural world, but the natural world is centre stage as it should be.